Hi, Kelly. We have limited time with you, meaning that you can talk about this topic for an unlimited amount of time and you have an unlimited <laughs> amount of information in your brain about the lamp. So I'd love for you to just jump in, introduce who you are and why, why on earth are you so obsessed with this lymph? What is it about lymph system that we all need to know about and why is it so important? Oh, thank you so much. And I am so excited to talk this to your community, Jane, and to you. I love talking to Jane and love Jane so much. <laughs> and, um, you know, I know a lot of you listening to this are in the fertility world and I am thrilled to talk to you about your lymph system because oftentimes, honestly, people don't know about the lymph system unless they've had cancer or they're a plastic surgeon. <laughs> like that's really about who, who knows about it. And it's really fascinating to me because I started my career more traditionally in allopathic schooling. I wanted to be a doctor. My father had Hodgkin's disease, cancer. So he, I didn't want to get cancer bottom line. And I didn't know how to not get cancer. Nobody could tell me how to prevent cancer. So I thought eh, maybe if I become a doctor, I'll figure it out. So I found myself pre-med at Cornell university. I was in a horrible car accident and I was, I had my spleen lacerated. I lost a couple inches in height. I was scalped and I was now managing pain um, for the next nine months until my father passed uh, that year when he was 55 and after a couple strokes. And essentially I kind of picked my head up at Cornell and was like, wait a second, my dad's dead at 55, having cancer seven times, chemo radiation. I'm managing pain and allergies and acne. I'm on six medications at 20. I was a collegiate rower. I was very conscious about what I ate. I was a vegetarian at the time and I was very sick. And I decided that I was going to keep searching and searching and searching until I found a way out of the misery and the suffering that I was in. So about three years after that, I met this man who is now my husband, whom <laughs> introduced me to this world of energy and vibration and healing within that made such a profound experience in my life and in my physical body that I came back to his office and said, how did you do that? And he said, energy. And I was very confused and he was very satisfied <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I continued to search and study with him and others from across the globe. And I, we found this European approach to medicine, this terrain of medicine that really they studied energy, but in a quantitative way, they, they could assess it. They could do contact regulation, thermography and heart rate variability, which I'm sure a lot of your community knows and live blood analysis, which in Canada is very common, not so, not so common here in the States. I was like, oh my gosh, I could, there's a tangible science behind this. And as I started to learn terrain medicine, as I now felt pain-free and drug-free and felt great, I had a slew of clients because I started working with Ian that were not well. And even though he was doing energetic medicine, there was still some stuff that wasn't working. And so I continued to search and I found this terrain medicine. And when I found terrain medicine, everything I learned was about the lymphatic system and the fascia. And I was like, well, what are the lymph and the fascia? And I, I started to delve deep. I realized some physiological things that we just don't know. So I want to share some, I want to share my screen real quick to share some of this information. And I will reiterate for those that aren't watching, but the lymphatic system 
we actually have three times more lymphatic fluid in our body than we do blood. Three times more lymph than blood. But everybody wants to talk about what's my blood work say? What does my lab say? Well, what, what, what's your, your, what is your filter saying? Because your lymph is your filter. You know, we can't live for one minute without lymph. We would die without the lymphatics because it is the filter of the body. It takes in what we don't and what we do need. And it lets go ideally of what we don't need and then create space for the body to circulate around because it is part of our circulatory system as well. Yeah. It just doesn't have a pump. And it dumps into the cardiovascular system, which it's known to have the heart as the pump. And then it circulates it out and we can pee it out, poop it out, sweat it out, breathe right it out. And I will tell you, Kelly Kennedy is saying this and she is waiting for science to prove it wrong, that ovaries and prostates are part of your lymphatic system. Yeah. Every time I work somebody's lymph, it changes their cycle one way or another. I have dealt with a lot of fertility and infertility in our center as well from the perspective of working their lymph and then all the things start to normalize. So I'm so excited about talking to your community about the lymphatic system because I'm absolutely convinced as a scientist, and I'm waiting again for science to prove me wrong, the ovaries are part of your lymphatic system. I had, as a result of the car accident, one month after the car accident, I started to get ovarian cysts. I had 30 ovarian cysts burst in 10 years. Wow. And if anybody's ever had that experience, it is not a pleasant one. Um, A child at 39 years old come through my body and as difficult as four days of labor was, I would take that again over having an ovarian cyst burst. Okay. It is, it definitely feels like you're dying when you have it. And it's a toxic exposure to whatever was in that cyst. So honestly, my body, while I was pain-free, I was still suffering. Right. And so through terrain medicine, through lymphatic stagnancy, or through working my lymph, I've not had an ovarian cyst burst. I haven't had an ovarian cyst in uh, 19 years, not that I'm counting, and I'm counting. And um, I would also say that my cycle completely regulated when I started doing my lymph. And I've never, up until I started to work my lymph, I never had a regular cycle. And now like clockwork, I'm 49 years old and I'm, I feel more fertile now than I did when I was 25. So Which is insane. It's insane. And I want to, can I ask you a question? Cause you said something that was very profound for me that you were like in your twenties, so many medications, so many issues, but you knew that some, there, I'm going to find a way out. How did you know there was a way out? Because I find that a lot of people give up and they don't think that there is a way out. So I'm curious, like, what is it that, how did you know there was a way out? Jane, that was a very beautiful question, especially the way you worded it. So what Jane said to reiterate was, how did I know there was a way out? Because many people don't think that there's a way out. Yeah. There's a difference between knowing something. We Mm -hmm. feel it in our gut. We know in our heart or we think in our brain. These are the ways that we receive information. We either know something, we feel something, or we think something. And at Cornell University, and having orthopedic specialists, pain specialists, neurologists. I went to every specialist you could come up with, <laughs> as yeah. well as went to Reiki and massage and acupuncture and hypnotist. I did not care what got, and I know a lot of people on the, the, the 
audience or listening to this feel the same way. I don't care what it was. I'll do whatever it takes because I want the end result of a pain-free, happy life, or I want a baby, whatever the case may be. But it was truly a knowing inside my heart because every doctor, what they told me, the, the MRIs and the CAT scans and the x-rays that I was looking at, that I was being told, yes, your vertebrae are compressed. Your lat, your spleen is lacerated. Your head was scalped. You're going to manage pain for the rest of your life. I heard what they said. I watched what they were looking at, but I felt in my heart that they were wrong. And I didn't know why I just knew it. I knew because I was raised in a faith-based home. I was raised to know that we are not just this physical body, that we are the spirit housed inside this physical body. And I knew that I was not created in a life that I was meant to suffer in and live in pain and manage my pain with drugs. I knew that that is not the purpose of my life because since I was a little girl in my heart, I knew I was here to help change medicine. I knew I was here to help change education. I don't know how I knew it. I just knew it. And so I kept searching until I found what felt right. And when I found who's now my husband, by the way, that original practitioner, <laughs> when I found that guy and he, he oh, you knew that he had to stick around <laughs> to help you heal for the rest of your life. Right. This wasn't That's just right. passing. That's right. And, and he had given, he had helped facilitate something inside my body that in all honesty, he was satisfied with, cause he had studied energy his whole life. He had been a martial artist. He had been raised in a house with monkeys. It's a whole story. Um, he had to learn the parasympathetic nervous system at a very early age. And so he understood the energy of the body. I came from Cornell university, having a four-year degree, having met him and was like, what the hell are you talking about? What's energy? <laughs> yeah. And so the hard sciences that I was able to surf and find what this energy is, I came back to back to the 3D and was like, okay, there's some realities to this energy and how it's translated in the body because all of life is energy. All of life is a frequency. All of life is a vibration. So how do I change the energy in here that's presenting or manifesting as infertility, ovarian cysts, acne, allergies, pain, all the things. And what I found was, again, you got to change the environment. You have to change the terrain. When you change the terrain, the manifestation changes because we're not, we're bags of bacteria (laughs) in a frequency fabric known as our fascia with two thirds of our body being water. Molecularly, 99% of our body is in weight of water. So we're a water frequency bag. The way that I'm picturing it's a bag of bacteria that's mostly water with some antennas on it. (laughs) With some what? Antennas, like an antenna, right? Exactly. Frequency. So you just have a bunch of antennas that are going out. And then you got some bones floating in the middle. Right. And everybody wants to go, well, what's the blood doing and what are the bones doing? And that for me is the last manifestation of the frequency and all the things. So Mm -hmm. if we're going to change the terrain, I want to work where the majority of the material is and the majority of the material is the lymph and the fascia because we have three times more lymph than we do blood. And our fascia is all that connective tissue that if you're a surgeon, you just kind of throw off to the side. (laughs) But if you're a body worker, you're completely aware of how incredibly interconnected every part of our body is by the fascia. We actually embryologically start as fascia, as a piece of tongue and a toe that then forms. And then the first organ that forms after that is the heart. And the heart has more frequency 
EMF generating and receiving than any other thing in the body. So we know that lymph not only does it have all this fluid, but now what does this fluid do? What are the parts of the lymphatic system? So we have lymph nodes, we have lymph vessels. So think of them as like highways and then exit strategy, exits, right? And then yeah. we have a lymph system that's also known as like their supposed organs. I don't know if they're lymph organs or their lymph associated organs, but I'll say the tonsils are your lymph organ, the thymus gland and your bone marrow. That's where two with th thymus and bone marrow where your white blood cells mature. Your spleen is your largest lymphatic organ. Your appendix stores probiotics and has a lot of lymphatic actionable steps as well. And then you have Peyer's patches, which are basically your small intestines. And what's missing is the ovaries or the prostate, because again, that's Kelly Kennedy's version of these are, if you look at, actually, let's just look at this. This is what a lymph node looks like. Tell me that doesn't look like an ovary, Jane. <laughs> it's a it's kidney shape with a bunch of I mean it's a follicle right follicles it's a follicle maturing, follicles maturing exactly I, I just like I love what you said about how the knowing the thinking because every woman who's listening to this right now and you deep down in your bones you can feel that there your doctor is missing something I need you to listen to that because for whatever reason, people think that we as health practitioners are coming from a place of where you were always healthy. And it's like nothing could be further from the truth. We all have had a path where we, I remember sitting in front of my doctor's office and he said, you can take birth control for the rest of your life. And then once you're done having, once you're in menopause, then you can just go on hormone replacement therapy. And I remember being like, I, I hear what he's saying. And I was 15 years old and I was like, okay. And in my heart, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Like that just, there's nothing about that. That sounds right to me. Yeah. I felt it. And obviously you close off, but it's just to like get people to, Hey, that little voice inside that in your bones. And I hear my women say that to me in my bones. I just feel it. And your soul Something is missing in my, that's your soul. Your bones, your bones are <laughs> manifestation in your soul. In your, in your, in your heart, in your yeah. intuition, you yeah. know, and women, listen, men are amazing. We can't do this without men, right? Yes. Really hard right. to get pregnant without a man involved. Yes, it is. Okay. I'll say that, but I will also say, I don't know if anybody knows who's Alison Armstrong is. I've studied uh, a lot of her work and she's a sociologist that has studied the behavior of men and women, trying to understand men and women. And I've done a lot of her courses and because I'm fascinated with human, the human experiment. And uh, it was fascinating one of the things she said. And again, nothing against men, but what she said always has resonated with me so much. She said, as, as far as connection to source, right? We'll call heart, soul, love. You can call it source, Allah, Buddha, God, energy. Universe, we all come yeah. Where we all go back to, universe, whatever. Like, okay, but let's just call it source, energy, right? So just like if I was to plug in my internet, I have to get electricity from source, right? But then my, my internet, it depends on how I hook it up. And if I have a DSL light or a satellite or a Wi-Fi versus dial-up, right? So the way she analogized, that's a word Kelly kind of made up, analogized it was that men have a dial-up and women have a satellite dish. <laughs> we have very strong yeah. intuition. And yeah. we have been 
schooled in society away from our intuition. Yes. When your baby cries, the first thing you do is you put it to your heart and you hold it and you hum and you vibrate. You have, that is really the summary of my work. You want to know what I do? I do flow formula. That's it. Put it to your heart, flow, vibrate and breathe and let energy in and let the water restructure. That's it. Okay. But women instinctively know how to heal. They pick that baby up. They connect with the baby. They hold the baby. They rock the baby and they resonate with the baby and they get that baby start to because we know instinctively, I, did y'all get a book? Those that have kids about how to take care of your baby? No. Cause you instinctively know how to do it. Did you know? I mean, I had not taken one class, not one thing. Did I read? I mean, yes, I am in the field of medicine and yeah. all the things, but I never thought I was going to get pregnant. Honestly, I just never was a thing in my life until I became 38. And then I was like, I think I've changed my mind. So at 39, I got pregnant naturally. And then it came yeah. time. And it was amazing. The experience of being pregnant. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I got scared towards the end. It was like, yep. hey, I don't know anything about how to get this baby out. I've never really researched it. My midwife was like, please don't, because I know your personality. Don't read anything because you just don't need to read anything. <laughs> yeah, you'll know what to do. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and we'll coach you. I'm like, okay. So when it came time to push that baby out, I was like, uh, okay, I guess I'm just going to know what to do. And I did. Hey, came out. <laughs> and when he came out, guess what? My body, what to do? My body knew how to grow that baby. I didn't do anything to grow that baby. I just stopped doing dumb stuff so that it, it could grow well, right? I ate well. I breathed consciously. I spent time outside. I had joy. I stopped using, well, I never used microwaves, but I stopped eating dumb food and processed food and drinking high quality water and high quality meats. Like all the things we should do to be healthy that all of a sudden we start paying attention when we try to try to grow a baby. But the whole time my innate intelligence grew that baby. And when that baby came out, like 99% of the time, it had 10 fingers, 10 toes, two eyes, everything's working great. (laughs) And And now how do I go back to trust that body now? Well, I got a lot of trash in that body because I've lived a lot of life, whether there are thoughts in my mind that aren't conducive to healing or it's what I've done to my gut because I've been eating processed food or having stress in my life I haven't processed or I've closed my heart off because everybody in my life has told me that I'm too sensitive or just cry too much or you're just too much of a woman or whatever dumb thing that they tell women to try to dampen our our light and our power I say no stand up and stand in your power because you have that power inside you to heal you have that power to grow a baby so get in connection with yourself and learn how your body works which is what we're here to do I know that's what Jane teaches and I know that's what I teach and I teach primarily about this lymphatic system because most people don't know anything about it. And yet it is the way, so think about your house. And if you were to take all of the floor space in your house, which has furniture all in it, and you were to move all the furniture to the side and you were to pile up the furniture and you'd be like, wow, after I do that, I have a lot more floor space than I have furniture, right? Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about the blood as the furniture and the lymph is your floor space. So why the hell are you talking about your furniture? Start talking about your floor space. So going back to my slides real quick, for those that are just listening, I will make sure that you hear this as well. But the lymphatic system, while it also, you know, it, it retains our fluid pressure, it is what I would call the whole body. Life is the immune system. But if we could identify one system that's more primarily involved in your in your immune, I would say it's your lymphatics because at the point of the 
the lymph nodes is where the yep. body decides if it's an invader or not. So, and we have between 600 and a thousand lymph nodes throughout our body, about 20% over and around our neck, 50% in our gut. And then the other 30% are in and around the majority of the areas that we bend deep ones in our, in our armpits, deep in our inguinals and our iliacs down in our pelvic region, all along the abdomen, down the center of the abdomen. And then we have glymphatics. I mean, it's funny to me, Jane, honestly, they go, oh, you have glymphatics in your head and you have malt in your mucosa, um, <laughs> um, lymphatic tissue and you have galt, which is gut associated lymphatic tissue. You know what Kelly Kennedy, the lymph queen calls it? your lymphatic system from your head to your toes. It's one connected unit, whether it's in your brain, your gut, your mucosa or under your armpits or in your breast, it's all connected. And its job is to open up blind ended capillaries, pull in the fluid of the space around the cells, identify what it is, move out what's no longer needed, invaders, pathogens, toxicants, allergens, hold on because it also mobilizes our fats and helps us get our nutrients throughout the body too. So please take that stuff to the place it needs to go. And how do we move our lymph? That becomes the question. And look at this beautiful lymph system. You have, if you're not looking, please go watch the video and see this or go look up what does the lymph system look like? So you have a visual of it, but yeah. there are this, this highway and they drain up here at the top of our neck. And so I teach people how to manually pump this, how to drain this and dry brush. Please do not watch just a standard YouTube. Anybody can teach me to dry brush video because I'm just going to be honest, they're dumb and they've disregarded physiology, physics, and a pressure system. The lymph is a pressure system. So I have two free videos on my website that I teach people how to manually pump your own lymph nodes and how to dry brush because I want people to do this properly so you get the result you're looking for. And I promise you it's practical. It should be like, I don't like the word should, but ideally as we self-care for our bodies, we brush our teeth, we comb our hair, we do the things to take care of our body. Lymph drainage is just part of that. It two to three minutes in the yep. morning, two to three minutes at night. Learn how to do this on your children till they learn how to do it on their own. And it should be the first line of defense because if your rain barrel fills up, you know, your whole life is your rain barrel. You don't see symptoms until the rain barrel fills up. Then when the rain barrel fills up, the body's gone, hey, I can't juggle any more balls. Bam, here's a symptom. And everybody wants to chase the symptom of infertility. Oh, I got to take fertility drugs. No, you got to drain the rain barrel of the toxic crap that's influencing your hormones because the biggest hormone disruptors in the body are chemicals and metals and parasites, which- Parasites only like to hang out because there's chemical and metals. So as you change the terrain, as you change the environment, you're allowing the manifestation to change and then the hormones can regulate on their own. Oh, there's a thought. So, you know, and to to point to that as well with um, women thinking, oh, now I need a medication, right? That's looking for that external source to fix instead of internal. But it's that 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 12-year-old who was sat in the doctor's office and said, you can be on birth control until you're ready to have children. And now we're not ready to have children until we're in our mid thirties. And maybe it's at 38 that you decide, oh my God, but it's been 20 years of now not having any connection to your system at all. Right. So this whole kind of lie that the conventional system (laughs) wraps us in. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I guess I need IVF. I guess I need something else. Right. Or now I'm too late. And it's like, 
no, you're not too late. There's solutions, but we got to understand that you've been filling up your bucket for a while now. So let's not expect it to get un, uh, emptied, you know, within a day. And also that you're going to need to do a little bit of work here. And I haven't talked about this in a very long time, but I just have to say that that birth control pill that you talk about <laughs> was created at my alma mater. And when I first started getting the cyst, I was at Cornell and I went right to the health center the first time it happened because it's the scariest thing in my life. And I went to the health center and they told me this is what was going on. They sent me to the emergency room, blah, blah, blah. I came back to the health center because I didn't have any health insurance because my father had just died. I had claimed independence, blah, blah, blah. So I go to the health center and they're like, oh, no problem. We're just going to write you a script for ortho, ortho novum, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? Now, at the time, coincidentally, I was taking endocrinology class. And so I learned in my endocrinology class that the reason that the birth control pill was created was because of agriculture because the cows were not performing enough milk production. So they, and they were creating a lot of ovarian cysts due to all the excess milk production they were creating. So they found a way that if they pretended the cows were pregnant by putting them on the birth control pill, it maximized the amount of milk production from the cows and limited the cyst from the cows getting sick. So as I'm learning this in school and I'm going home taking my birth control pill, I gotta be honest with you, I was, as a vegetarian, I was like, but I'm not a cow. <laughs> like, I'm a little confused why I'm doing this. And I was on it for four years because it did regulate my cycles and I didn't know anything better. But the minute I got out of college and I learned energetic medicine, I got off that birth control pill and it was about four years. Well, I had to have my scar treated and I was working my lymph before all of a sudden I was like, oh, now it's, it's regular and oh you're supposed to get your period every 28 days oh and the only symptom supposed to be bleeding I had never had that before in my whole life I had every PMS symptom in the book because that's illness right yes. and then that's when we went to get pregnant I didn't you know I'm 38 39 years old by the time I got pregnant and I was like I don't like you know and everybody's like oh you're an old mom but I was like I'm not an old mom I'm 39 I'm only 39 <laughs> Stop it. Women uh, have an old, yes, yeah. And what I'm saying is that the older you are, it's because your toxicity. That it's yeah. that's why people worry about older moms. It's not that you're an older mom. If you're still getting your period, then you're still fertile and you are naturally designed yeah. to then have a pregnancy. But there, we worry, uh, not we, standard community worries about older moms getting pregnant because there's often, oh, the child might have autism. No, that's because of the toxicity of the mom that's absorbed into the baby. Yeah. Because the babies are nice, beautiful little parasites that will absorb your toxic load. <laughs> well, and, and like you feel healthier now than you were when you were in your twenties. Oh, and you're not in your twenties anymore. And it's like, I see that all the time too. It's, it is very much about how well you take care of yourself. And yeah. that last picture that you had of the lymph, like you could see how much buildup there is around the inguinal region and around the reproductive system, how yeah. much flow there is that needs to happen and drainage that needs to happen. Because I talk a lot in my community as well about reproductive microbiome and 
how closely it is related to the gut microbiome. Everybody's now, oh, the gut microbiome. And we think it's like these separate systems. But when you look at a picture like this, like it's all together, it's just smashed together in a small area. And you think that the diarrhea or the constipation that you have has nothing to do with your PMS or your inability to get pregnant or even miscarriages, right? Where it's like, it's all in there. It's all related. like, it's traveling back and forth. Absolutely. And, you know, when we look at fertility or like you said, gut issues or nobody told the body that the gastroenterologist was supposed to handle the gut and the endocrinologist is supposed to handle the hormones <laughs> and the cardiovascular surgeons or the cardiovascular what is supposed to handle cardiologist is supposed to handle the cardiovascular system and the dermatologist is supposed to handle the skin. And do you, are you starting to hear the insanity now? Yeah. Yes. Do I need specialists every once in a while for certain various reasons? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great, but let's stop compartmentalizing the body because it is one working system with a sympathetic and a parasympathetic nervous system that's constantly regulating and compensating or adapting for the stressors, both externally and internally. And as it does that well, we have health. When it doesn't do it well, we have degeneration because health is not a destination. It's a decision based upon everything we do think and feel and every moment of every moment, because I can say, and I appreciate that Jane, I am healthier today. I am more flexible. I am way more flexible in regards to physically, but also emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. (laughs) Yeah. You don't lose your shit every two seconds. (laughs) Yes. And I'm also not the person that has to travel around with 37 supplements to be healthy. I'm the one that eats whatever she wants. Yep. I eat gluten and sugar. And now do I eat it all the time? No. Do I follow the majority of like an 80, 20 rule? Absolutely. You know, but I also don't travel around like I'm a sick person that has to carry all this stuff with her to maintain her health. Uh Uh-uh, I'm a flexitarian. Join me, join the vibe movement and start to increase your vibration in life because my whole physical structure has changed as well as my physiology. Like when I look now, my blood work has always looked great outside of like two to three years after the car accident. Another I have, example, right? Of like, blood work looks nope. great, so I must be well. Right, but I still, had, <laughs> right, I still had ovarian cyst bursting. That was the only symptom that I still had. And I had limitations, I'll say, in my physical body. Like I wasn't in pain, but there might've been a range of motion or if I had the wrong backpack on for too long or I slept in the wrong chair or I turned my head for too long. You know, there's a lot of crankiness in this body. It wasn't painful, but it was cranky. <laughs> yeah. So now- because of all the flow formula, fascia, lymph, oxygen, water, and energy, as I've incorporated that foundation of my life, I take minerals because all the soils are depleted. And I maintain my internal peace by making sure I do conscious deep breathing. And I recharge my battery by grounding on the physical ground every day, no matter where I am. And that alone as an organism demands health because I'm always regenerating because I allow my body to do that. We all have the capacity to do this. We do not have an autoimmune body. We have a self-healing body. So please, I invite you to never, ever, 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 ever tell your body anything you don't want it to have. So stop saying I have 
blah, blah, blah. Autoimmune disease. I have infertility. I have PCOS, you name it. Yeah. Right. So start to say, I have a self-healing body with a lot of direction telling me which way to go because it's giving me symptoms to make me pay attention to what the hell's going on on the inside. Cause it is a wonderful communicator. <laughs> make exactly. sure we get the, it, we make sure we get the message. Okay. So I want to go a little bit and talk about how we drain the lymphatics. I love this picture though. Isn't this awesome? For those that aren't looking, this is a nerve cell and it has three lymph chambers in it. And it just tells you that everybody's like, oh, the lymph is everywhere. Yeah, it's even in the nerve. In every nerve fiber, you have three lymph channels. So, oh, I have anxiety. Okay, great. First of all, don't own it. Number one, you have a symptom of anxiety. And number two, start moving your lymph because what causes anxiety? The inability to drain out a toxic load. That's one of the reasons. So it, no matter what your body's up against. Right. That's, I mean, stagnation is more almost depression, but yeah, it's. We've got to move. We don't move. The lymph doesn't move. We don't move. Emotions don't move. And lymph and emotions go hand in hand because the lymph holds. It is our amplifier of life. The, The fascia is our frequency fabric. But the lymph is the water part that magnifies that. You know, water, there's some information out there about water. I know a lot about water because I've studied water for 26 years and I've been fortunate enough to study with Ross and Scout Bergenhausen who's been looking at water crystals under a microscope for 23 years longer than any other human on the planet. And so- Isn't it amazing I, when someone has such dedication to one thing? <laughs> yeah. And he has two hard science degrees in water and masters from Austria as well. But he studied with Emoto, the water crystal guy, for 17 years until he passed and he's continued to run run that work for the last five years. So for 23 years, he's been looking at water crystals and using that as the form of science. Do they make beautiful water crystals or not? No matter what it is, when it's exposed to water, does it make beautiful water crystals? And that for me is the biggest science there is because it can't lie. And the observer is always considered, which is something that science has forgotten. And we know that we are a majority of water, but water, what I was going to say is there's some information out there that is misguiding people that you can ask water questions and it'll give you answers back. Like it's the big magic eight ball or something. No, that's a misunderstanding. Water <laughs> is a reflection and our water in our body is a reflection and it magnifies the reflection of our life. So I will say that the 20 year old girl that got in that car accident was meek, afraid of her own shadow, was rolling her shoulders in, putting her head down and didn't want to be seen, didn't want to be looked at, was holding her tongue all the time, was told she was too sensitive, too big of a dreamer, that she was unrealistic and that she should just sit back and manage her pain and listen to the experts. And she was dying on the inside. She was depressed, sad, lonely, and honestly, at 20 to 23 years old, did not want to live to be 30 because I was so miserable and in so much pain, I could not possibly imagine living beyond 30 because all I heard was how hard it was to get old, how difficult and bad your body feels as you get old, and how torturous it is essentially to age. And yet, and as a little kid, I wanted to live to be 160 years old. And I didn't know where I got that knowledge from. 
I now know I will live to be 106 years old with the best quality of life you could possibly imagine. I look forward to every moment between now and then because I got a lot of life to live, sister. There's a lot of life to experience, a lot of people to hug and meet that I love. And I want to get to know every single person probably on the planet in some way, shape or form and love on them and show them that that's really what life is about is having our own inner peace, but then connecting with others with that peace and teach them to have a, allowing them, not teaching them, allowing them to have a joyful, blissful experience. If this was just about being, I would have stayed in being state. This is not just about being, it's about being human is awesome. So accept that in this physical body. Now, how do I take care of it? Well, nobody gave us a manual. (laughs) So this is your manual. Treat your lymph system because your lymph system is your filter. I don't care what your what your symptom is. Reframe and go, oh, I got to take the trash out because if I have a symptom, trash is coming out of my body in some way that I don't want it to with headaches or dysregular symptoms or acne or whatever. So I got to take the trash out because there's too much trash in the body. So I'm going to start to manually pump my lymph nodes. So just above our collarbones, On either side of our neck, in that little scoop area that if you lift your shoulders up, it creates a little scoop. We take our two fingers. I like to take the ring finger and the middle finger and just lightly, you're not like if you were going to go and see if an avocado was ripe at the store or a peach, you're not going to go squeeze it. You're just going to kind of lightly pump the outside and see is that fleshy, is it soft, but firm. That's what you want to do up here to this clavicle area. And you're just going to pump it. And you're just going to like, for those watching, you're just going to pump it like four to five times, just a little gentle pump because you're going to stimulate a vibration. You're going to open up the exits. When you open up the exits, now it dumps in the cardiovascular system. You create a little space. Now that space can fill up with more of the fluid that's mobilizing from that other area. And you can open up that drainage. And now the vacuum, the the, um, pressure system is going, oh, there's a vacuum here. So now I can move it up from there. And I'm I'm pointing to the area of the body called the apical node where the bra strap for women that wear bras is. And then that will drain into where there's space. Now I've opened up the space. That apical node space also happens to be where the majority of women that get breast cancer get breast cancer. So it drains out that toxic load. Then after that, I'm gonna go and pump under my armpit and I'm gonna make sure I do have an armpit and I don't have an arm puff. Like a puff would be flat inside your armpit, no matter what your size, you should have an, and if it's an arm puff. That's a sign of a lymph, that lymph node being swollen and, and stagnant. You could also I be did, puffy yeah. right here in the front. You can also be puffy back here. You can also be puffy up in this neck area. You can be puffy in the back of your knees or in your, um, inguinal, just puffy, right? Like just, just puffy. puffy in general, you don't have to have lymphedema to have stagnant lymph. I would argue given a quantitative assessments that I've done and the 15 years I've done lymph our jobs as human beings right now to be healthy is to make sure we're draining out toxins faster than they're throwing them at us yeah I had a manually drain. I love that you said that because that's literally all it is right now is our job and I really have noticed that huge change especially in the last five years in my practice where it's like, I can't drain these things fast enough, you know, and we like really helping people understand that it's like, they're throwing, there's so many toxins 
if you do not understand how to get that out of your system, it's like, you're just going to be uphill battle, you know? Absolutely. And we want to, we want to educate you on how you can prevent them by changing your lifestyle. So you're not reinfecting, but then once you've changed your lifestyle, regardless, like I lived this for 26 years, I have not used anything on my skin. I want to put it on my tongue. I've drank and showered and bathed in nothing but purified water for 26 years. I've eaten nothing but primarily organic food for 26 years. I have lived this way longer than most people. And I'm telling you, I still have to work my lymph every day because they are throwing it at us. I I go outside and breathe. I live in Pennsylvania with the highest level, third highest level of airborne mercury than anywhere in the country. Dr. Stephanie Sennett from MIT. She's the glyphosate queen. She has now proven that it is airborne. I am standing outside in Pennsylvania today and I am told to believe that the airstream is bringing me smoke from Canada Northwest fires. I got to be honest, not a cell in my body believes that, nor the spaces between it, but that's what they're trying to sell me. Regardless, there is some shit going on in the air quality. So I have an air doctor in my office. It's filtering the air for me, right? So I have shower filters it's air like filters. the game has just changed you know where before we could trust that if i go if i go outside and i spend whatever and i'm drinking water that that water is filtered you know i had a patient who like i'm in alberta and she's like well why do we need to worry about water quality when we get the mountain spring water and i'm like you think you're drinking mountain spring water <laughs> from your tap yeah like from your tap that's what she thought and I was like that is not what you're drinking just FYI so it's yeah it's waking up to that you know I do you said something about trust the experts I think there's a very interesting thing around trusting the experts where there's experts on both sides yeah right like there's experts on both sides if you're doing a, a jury case there could be a fantastic expert that's going to say, hey, this person didn't murder and then vice versa. And so it's really not so much about not to confuse people to say like, OK, well, who do I trust? And it's like, well, you have to trust yourself. That's and, it. And, End of story. I want to call it out. It. Done. <laughs> you just that have to trust yourself. You trust. The word authority in German. Jermaine, looking at as a, as a linguist, which I also delve a little bit into to understand vibration and words and their meanings, the word authority and its Germanic meaning means from self. Mm. How the F did that get so manipulated to mean it comes from outside of us? Mm-hmm. Authority means from self. Authority from mm-hmm. self. The only authority you should listen to is you. And so back to your question, I had medical doctors, huge medical doctors in the best hospitals for three states wide in Connecticut, New York, and Pennsylvania telling this 20-year-old pre-med chick from Cal Country, New York, that she was wrong. She was to manage her pain for the rest of her life. And she was to manage her acne and her, and I just, my authority inside said, no, they're wrong. No, yeah. wrong. And no, shame I'm on those not doctors. Answer. No, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. No. Shame on those doctors. Cause it's funny you say that. One of the reasons that I wanted to become a doctor, I was in a health science bachelor's degree. And I remember I had a class on communication in the healthcare system. And this nurse 
gave an example of how the doctor communicates with you can drastically change the way that your prognosis goes in like how uh, basically even if you will die or not die of certain disease. So if a doctor walked into the office and said, sorry, you have cancer, you have a month to live, there's nothing we can do about it. You're much more likely to actually deteriorate and die within the prescribed time. If the doctor came in and empathized with you and cried with you and said, we're so sorry to hear about this terrible you know, diagnosis, but we're going to try to do X, Y, and Z, and we're going to support you, that person would go on to live much longer than the predicted time. And I remember being like, I want to be a different kind of doctor, you know? And then I realized that that's not in the pharmaceutical, that's not in the pharmaceutical industry. That's not in the conventional industry because you're just going to essentially be a pill pusher. Uh, and that's what we're seeing now versus this, hey, let's understand what your body's trying to tell you. Because the other point I was going to say, it's not to say that you're going to do this alone, right? To say, trust yourself. We still need someone who's going to help us move through. You know, that's where people come see you. You need, an, you need an yeah, expert you need guidance that's not done this one time, that's done it multiple times and has experience yeah. clinically and understands some things. But it's a, it's a, it's a teamwork effort. You know, it's, yes. it's, you're with your body 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We might see you once an hour or once a week for an hour. It's not a lot of time, but the better communicate you are, the better intact we are, the more we can help guide you. And to that end, I'll say this. I had... I too had a lot of like, shame on you, doctor, blah, blah, blah. And I get why we get there. And I've really come full circle with that because here's what I do know. Most people that get into medicine, like you and I wanted to, we do it because we want to help people. And I would say the majority of them do really want to help people. I mean, I I definitely saw there was a fair amount that went to Cornell that were just interested in how much money they could make. But the majority of them truly wanted to help people. And then they get schooled in a very specific way and threatened with fear that if they don't do it exactly as they're told, they're going to have their license and their livelihood in jeopardy. And so they have no freedom to do anything other than what they're told. And they dispense medicine and surgeries. So I go to a medical doctor and they give me medicine. I'm not going to be upset with them. They give me medicine. That's their schooling. Now, if I go to Jane and she goes, oh, I want you to take medicine. I'd be I'm a little confused. I thought Jane was my wellness practitioner. Now, if I go to an acupuncturist and she's like talking about, um, I don't know, you should go be, uh, trimming your trees today, you know, and talking to you like she's an, uh, an, or even and, giving you exercise, like personal training, I would say, right? Like there's, I would be surprised if my acupuncturist was right. trying to give me Thank exercise you. I was trying advice. to think of something off brand. I just had yeah, if I would be surprised if they were trying to give me exercise advice to be yeah, like, or, or tell me how to change the oil in my car. I'd be yeah, like, yeah. this is why my acupuncturist give me that advice. So don't be upset with the person giving you advice. Just look for people that can give you different advice, but also look for, can they, do they have the results you want? If they have the results you want, then watch what they do. If they don't, then don't. And I, you know, this started, honestly, I can tell you why this shifted for me. I went to 
a lot of my father, I didn't go to a lot of my father's appointments, but I did go to a couple of my father's appointments when he was going through all his oncology stuff. And I remember when I was 16, I, I went with him, drove about two hours away from one of his checkups. And I had just claimed vegetarianism in my house. I grew up in a very Irish Catholic house with a lot of burned meat and I didn't really like me. And I was gagging every day at the table. And I finally had enough at 16. I had a lot of eating disorders that nobody knew about. And I was just sick of throwing up meat, to be honest with you. So I was like, I'm not going to eat meat anymore because it's gross. And I'm just going to be done. My dad was like, oh, you only eat like a bird. Come find out I'm an A blood type. I probably should eat like a bird. But all that to say that I went to his oncologist appointment with him that, you know, within that year. And I remember sitting across from the oncologist with my dad and I just had wanted my dad to change his diet. Cause all I got him to see, I just saw him eat the same foods over and over again. He was very rigid and somehow I knew that wasn't good. And so I said to the oncologist, well, you know, what do you think about his diet? Like, could we change his diet? All he really eats is potatoes and meat and corn and peas. And I'll never forget it. The oncologist looked at me so incredibly dismissive, so annoyed that I was taking his precious time to ask a question when I wasn't the patient, I was the patient's daughter and I was 16 to begin to boot. And he goes, food has nothing to do with it, sweetie. And I cried because I did not have control of myself. I felt small and little. One year later, that doctor was dead from cancer. Yeah. And I advice to somebody, right? Like, yeah. And, you know, I've met medical doctors that are smoking cigarettes with a big old gut on them telling me how I should live my lifestyle. Right. And it's, it's incongruent. So for me, like you, I live this, this is who I am. You can't separate me out from this. Yeah. Good luck trying. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're not going to see me at the bar drinking while I'm telling all my patients they got to stop drinking. <laughs> and listen, I'll have a margarita now and then. Absolutely. Sure, yeah. And I'll even smoke a little pot now and then. It's all good. I have no judgments. You want to do, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really care. But don't judge other people for what they're doing, number one. And only take advice from people that have what you have because you can only get what they got. So move your lymph. We have tons yeah. of education about it on my website. You can go to the under the learn tab. You just have to sign up for my email list. Yes. I'm going to email you once a week and I'm going to tell you about flow tips, fascia lymph, oxygen, water, energy. I'm going to give you tips about those things and what you do with them is your decision. But I do want to educate you, which is why I ask you to join my email list. Yep. I'm very yeah. honest, very aware. Okay. We do <laughs> yeah, that. And then we pump our lymph nodes and we teach you how to do it. But the PDF that you get, I highly recommend print it out, watch the video over and over again, make notes on the PDF and use those tools until it becomes a part of you. And you don't need to look at the tools and you know, without thinking about what are the top 10 lymph nodes Kelly says for me to pump. And then if you want, you can go further. I'm going to make your audience laugh. If you're not watching this video, you really should for about what's going to happen. Cause I have another tool. <laughs> and also handheld that starts vibration that really assists the lymph and it looks like this and for those <laughs> that aren't looking I'm not going to tell you what it looks like because you need to come and look at it because it's very funny looking and what we do is we hold the button at the bottom for about three yeah. seconds and it starts a biosonic vibration that's specific 
of, of frequency that's to stimulate the lymph nodes. And then we can just hold it over our lymph nodes and we can hold it for about five to 10 seconds at each area. And again, this should take us about five, less than five minutes, twice a day. And how do we know that our lymph is now moving? Well, I'll tell you what happens. I'm sleeping better. Uh, my bowels move a little easier. Um, I'm not as fussy in the morning. I'm cycling better. Um, I feel a little happier. I feel a little lighter. Oh, my headaches aren't as bad. Oh, my rashes are going away. Oh, I've noticed that I just generally feel a little lighter. I mean, I'm not as tired. I'm not as fatigued. Well, if I'm carrying around 15 pounds of trash in my body, I'd be tired if I carried that every day. When I can release that and let that go, I do feel lighter. And when I feel lighter, how do I feel lighter? I pooped it out. I peed it out. I sweat it out and I or breathed it out and I bled it out. So that's how we know that this works. And you're going to feel better and better as you mobilize your lymph, as well as you're going to work with practitioners like Jane, because if you have influences like heavy metals in your mouth, or you've had them in your body, or you have pathogens my husband has a great adage. He's got a lot of little things that he says. So when, it, when we start working about lymph, he's a great teacher as well. And he's like, it's not that the lymph's moving. It's what's in the lymph that's moving. It's kind of like, you know, if you have a hurricane, it's not that the wind's blowing, it's what's in the wind that's blowing that becomes the problem, right? So my lymph moves, it's perfectly fine because I've been cleaning it for 26 years. I don't have to take a bunch of binders and stuff. My liver's working great. All three pathways are working. So whatever's mobilized, my body can address. It's actually designed to detox. So it's designed to deal with mold, uh-huh. Metals, yes. chemicals, and immune challenges. Uh-huh. Mold even. You don't have to die if you're exposed to mold. Your body's actually designed to deal with mold. It's okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and metals, and chemicals, and bacteria, virus, yeah. fungus, yeah. all yeah. those things. Even the virus. problem is it accumulates, right? Because there is right. too much load, Not it's not coming out fast enough. And so and it's then, making sure that it's coming out quicker than it's coming in. And I mean, that's what I say, like, hey, give yourself six months. And my patients will be like, okay, do I have to do this much stuff? And it's like, well, first of all, you don't have to do anything, but second of all, you do, if you want to get the results a little bit quicker, because you got to push some of the stuff that's been hanging around for a while. And then the maintenance portion is a lot easier because you're aware it's just what you do. It's who you are. You're not changing anything. That's right. Because it's toxic soup. We live in a toxic soup and we got to drain it out because if you looked at these, if you're not looking, but the if you have a fish in a tank of water and the fish gets ick, okay? If you don't know what ick is, it's like the most common illness that a fish gets. I worked in a pet store for a long time growing up. And when the when the fish got sick with ick, one, you treated the ick with an antifungal with a couple drops in the water. And then you changed the water because the environment of the water was growing the fungus that caused the fish to get the sickness because it was living in the sick terrain. So we yes. got to change the terrain. And now what I was going to talk about is what causes our lymph to be stagnant. I'm going to find it in a second. I have a slide on that somewhere. But what causes the lymph to be stagnant is, hold on, is sedentary lifestyle, sitting. That causes us to build up our toxic load. Um, 
tight fitting clothes. Maybe it's not in this presentation. Oh, boop, boop. That's signs that you have it. Where's my slide on what causes it? Yeah, and so the signs, right? Hormonal imbalances, fibroids, acne, PMS. I mean, we said it, brain fog, fatigue, uh, infertility is going to be in there because usually you're causing- uh, Constipation, anxiety, joint pain, sleeping issues, chronic infections, headaches, cancers, heavy flows, light flows, no flows. Now, what that's signs of it, but what causes it? Tight fitting clothes, sedentary lifestyle. How dare you? Yoga pants, the yoga pant movement, I think is killing our vaginal microbiome. <laughs> well, yes, and not only is it white, but it's also toxic material that it's made from. Don't wear anything that's not made from natural fibers, cotton, bamboo, linen. Make Your clothes are touching you. Wear jewelry that's not nickel plated because that's another thing that your body's exposed to. And yeah, so chemicals in and on the body. I wouldn't put anything on my skin. I wouldn't put right into my tongue because the body's got to absorb it and filter it out. And then here's the biggest thing that most people don't think about. And I love Wi-Fi because we're sitting on this computer right now. A lot of you are accessing this through the technology and it's wonderful. But there's a lot of non-seen toxicity from bad electricity from radio waves, microwaves, airplanes, cell phones, televisions, yes. la, la, yeah. la, 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 and then magnified by how many people are in your home, how many of those things are in your home. And that is a constant pressure on your, on your biome, on your, on your bio field that's suppressing you. And yeah, that antennas that we talked about at the beginning, it's like, you're picking up on those on all of the stimulation that's coming from. So at minimum, turn your Wi-Fi off at night when you're sleeping, because when you're sleeping is when your lymph is the most active, when you're parasympathetic is when your lymph is the most active, because now it's going through what we call a body scan, where it's, it's scanning the whole body. Okay. What didn't I need today? What did I get today? What can I move out? That's why when we wake up, we ideally, if everything works optimally, have to have a bowel movement upon waking. Like I almost don't get my feet on the ground before I'm like, oh, time to go to the bathroom because the body's been absorbing all those toxins all night. And now it's mobilized them into my gut. My gut's forming them into bowel. And then my body wants to excrete them. And usually I pee and I sweat when I go to do then my poses in the morning or my breath work, because it heats my body up, my body starts to sweat, which is appropriate. As I increase its energy, it's going to try to balance that fluid out and balance that temperature out and it's going to sweat. That's natural. And so this is how we know now our lymph system is working. Oh, I feel a little bit better. Oh, it's easier for me to fall asleep. Oh, my bowels are moving better. My rhythms in of circadian life are better because my filter is better because that terrain has been changed. So if that you want to, work, this is called the vibe, by the way, this little yes, dildo looking thing. So now if you haven't seen, and I just said dildo, you now really want to go watch the video, but this is, we, um, these are available in Canada. Um, and I, I guess what we should do, Jade, is in, the, in the States, I have it as well. I'll, I'll yeah. throw a link. So I'm actually from the States, you get it from me from this, from Canada, you get it from our good friend, Dr. Melina Roberts, because there's a whole shipping issue. So 
you order from her or me, it's 85 bucks. And then there's a masterclass that I teach for 29 bucks to teach you how to drain your breasts and your inguinals in addition to your face. It comes with instructions on how to drain your face. I go a little deeper into that of how to drain the lymphatics as well as the breasts and the inguinals. This is not only a fun tool, but it can be used in many other ways that I teach. I mean, you know, some obvious ways for some of you women that are thinking about that. Yep, that can work too. But it can also help treat scars and it can help with pain in the body because vibration does so much yeah. for the body and sound. And this is biosonic. So it's frequency um, as well as sound to really shift and make that mobilization of that domino effect to get the lymph to actually move. And if you can't do any of that, just take some slow, deep breaths, start to pump your nodes with your hands. If you can't use your hands, start to pump your shoulders and move them up to your ears and back down. And that'll pump these nodes and you're on your way. That's it. Yeah. And I mean, I love it because this is just another tool that you can have in your toolbox. And, you know, talking about like what is a really effective tool versus less effective tool that I'm, I'm the best bang for my buck kind of gal, like, is this going to give me the best results versus, right? It's, I mean, there's so many things like castor oil packs and like dry brushing. So you, you kind of pick the things that you know, you're going to do for forever, essentially, right? Versus I'm just going to do this once in a while. Um, and it sounds like a, an important thing to do if you're struggling with fertility, but just like any of the symptoms and issues that you have. I mean, honestly, I would be listed. It's important if you're a human yeah. and you're being in, on the planet. Yeah. On this planet. Yeah. On this planet. I mean, honestly, even in the Yukon, we get clients in from the Yukon and I'm like, no, no, no. The Yukon is where there are no problems. This is the environment that's good. And they are dealing with all sorts of yeah. toxicity issues because even in the Yukon, they are exposed to toxicity levels because I'm convinced at this point, there's nowhere on the planet that's pure left. Yeah. Or yeah. if there are, they're very few and they're high up in mountains or deep down in the oceans. But on the, on the majority of the terra of which we live, yeah. the, the earth, the Gaia that we live, we've talked it out as humans and we have to start to take responsibility for our own lives and the lives of the terror we live. So we're going to start to pay attention to all the things to say as alignment with nature and with myself, my own nature, cause I am nature. And if it is in alignment because it's natural fibers or it's God made it. And so there's no labels on it. So it's good for me. Yeah. All the things, good. I mean, yeah. not all the things, but Majority of the things that everybody 80 like, 20 rule, 80 20 rule. I don't know what to eat really easy. I can make it really simple for you. Did man make it and women or did God make it? Yeah. Done. There's your answer. <laughs> you know what to eat. That's not really That's a question. It. That's okay? it. Yeah. And you probably are eating way too much food anyway. So just stop it. Stop yeah. eating so much. <laughs> Unless you're eating for two, then please keep eating as much yes. as you want but eat high yes. quality food and then yeah. determine hmm, did man or women make this or did God make this? If God yeah. grew it and it started with a seed or it ate something that ate a seed, it's really going to be good for me because that's what I was designed to eat. Yeah. into eating. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say about like, okay, Yukon now they don't have, but I look at the world as the body as well, like the liver has its function, right? The gut, the heart. And then, so we have these specialists that we talked about, but in the world, it's like, 
Well, there's places that are better to extract minerals, and then there's places in the world that are yes. better to have right fresh water uh, source and different vegetation that you can have. And so you can't look at, well, what's happening in China isn't impacting me. And it's like, of course it's impacting you. We're sharing the same atmosphere. And if you're wearing the clothes or you're wearing what, right? Like, or India or whatever places, it's just for whatever reason, we have thought that this, whatever I'm doing on this side of the world doesn't matter what's happening over there. And it's just like saying, well, it's just a heart issue. It has nothing to do with what, what does that have to do with my reproductive system? How does my high blood pressure? And it's like, how does it not, you right. know? It's all, we're, you know, and I said earlier, like, you're right. We're all exposed to the same atmosphere. And it's not that whatever fires are happening in the Northwest part of Canada, which I feel for those, those people, yeah, sure. not that it might not be like, of course it's going to be in my atmosphere. It's going to expose. It just seems a little suspicious to be honest with you. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. My life that I we will leave North that conversation North. out of here because yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> the Northeast part of the United States though, is just all a little. Makes Kelly's spidey senses go. Hmm. hmm. Something is, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And I just invite you all to go, when do you go, hmm, that doesn't feel right. And uh, that doesn't sound right. And just be conscious. Like, you know, a lot of us don't need to be told what to do. We have the authority within. We just often need verification from somebody else to go, yeah, you knew that one was not going to be good for you. I mean, did I have to be told a microwave I shouldn't be using because it's going to denature my food and I shouldn't get it to my baby? I remember when I first got pregnant and I read, um, what is that darn book? All the things you should know before you get pregnant, you know, that what to book. expect when you're expecting yeah, that book. So I, I, I started to read it just from a general, I think I got 25 pages in before I threw it across the room and was like, this is the dumbest book I've ever read. Like, this is the stuff people should be doing before they get pregnant, not when they get pregnant. And I yep. just, was like, nope, not gonna go there, and I'm not gonna read a thing. This is so yeah. dumb. This is where you and I are very similar. I'm, I was also, and I mean, maybe it's just the fiery personalities in us, but I didn't do any courses. I didn't, and I was pregnant at a time with my first, where like a bunch of women, we owned a CrossFit gym where we just got into a CrossFit gym. So like, all these women were pregnant. They're like, what courses are you taking? Why? And I'm like, I'm not doing any of that, <laughs> you know. And I, I remember being almost felt guilty that like, oh my God, you're not doing any of that. You don't want to be a good mom. And it was like, excuse you. It has nothing to do with like the the things that they're going to teach you has nothing to do with whether I'm going to be a good mom or not, you know? (laughs) Um, Uh So it's, yeah, it's funny you say that because there's books that are for sure worth reading, but a lot of them you want to read well before you even are thinking about having children as opposed to, oh, I'm pregnant. Now I have nine months to get healthy. It's like, you can't do anything once you're pregnant. You just have to maintain status quo and make sure things are good and then hope that you recover versus, you know, and that's why I'm in the space. It's like, this is a big deal, you guys. It's a big deal to carry a baby and it's a big deal. And it didn't used to be because our world was different. But, you know, I have women now who are insane with these LH strips trying to get the, when am I ovulating? When am I ovulating? It's like, just freaking listen to your system and you'll know. Ask your mom how she got pregnant with you. And I bet she doesn't even know what LH strips are. You know, so 30 I years later, 40 years later, like we're now in a whole different way of having to repro- uh, procreate. I don't think so, you know. And, and communing with your your mate, you know, and being yeah. 
them and loving them and creating a baby out of love versus purpose. We named our child Silas. It stands for summoned in love and spirit. And we, it's also a Silas from the Bible, which my husband knew that I didn't. Um, I was raised Catholic, so I didn't have that information, (laughs) but he, um, he read the Bible. And he, when we were talking about names, he came to me and he said, how about Silas? And I had known that from a television show and I loved that name. And I was like, yes, that's unique. It's not a family name I'm in. And he walked in the other room and he came back in less than three minutes. And he goes, yeah. And it can also stand for summon and love and spirit because we were super intentional. You know, my son has a 28 year old brother. Um, this was the second family in life in many ways. Right. And, and I, as I said, it was a 39 year old mom. My husband was 55. So it was very intentional. And we really spoke to the ethers to, Hey, we're ready for you to come in. I spoke to my body. I've prepared you for many years. This is so healthy. This is one of the healthiest vessels you could possibly be in. So we're excited for you to come into this world through me. And, you know, we're going to, and we just made love for many months, but I have to say, we do a lot of emotional release. I was that woman within four to five months pissed at my husband because we had five other women that had gotten pregnant in the same time I tried to get pregnant. And I was like, what did you do to them that you didn't do to me? I mean, you're having sex with me. You're not having sex with them. And you're not pregnant. You're not going to meet pregnant. And it was all my stuff about it. But the reality was I wasn't relaxed in my body. I was still that woman trying to have sex to get pregnant. And he made me aware of that. And I was like, you're right. I'm doing that. I wasn't testing the slips or anything. It was more that when we were intimate, I was like, I know I'm going to feel it when I get pregnant because I'm so into energy. I know I'm going to feel it. As soon as he comes inside me, I'm, I'm going to feel that baby fertilized. I'm going to feel that I'm pregnant. And I mean, how, right? Like, come on now, right? And just to fast forward, because I know all of you are like, we have to laugh at ourselves and our own shit, please. I hope it was okay. I said that, but yeah, it is. <laughs> I have to fast forward a few months. It was Memorial Day weekend and we were having friends come over and it was a Friday and I woke up and it was the day that I decided I was going to let my husband know it was his reason we weren't, we weren't pregnant. Cause he had mentally and emotionally and physically decided we weren't going to get pregnant. Cause he didn't really want it. He was just kind of placating me for these months. And I was an older mom and he figured that maybe I wouldn't get pregnant. It was fine. I had all that fertility. I had all that ovarian shit in the beginning. So perhaps it was just not going to work out. And I would just, you know, so I was blaming him for not being pregnant. And I was having emotional breakdowns and you, 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 and God bless his soul. He did like five hours worth of emotional work on me that day. It was a Friday. He had taken the day off. I was supposed to go to the office, but I was like, I can't come. I'm having emotional crises. And he did all this emotional work and I was crying and blaming him and all this shit. That night, our friends come over. We're sitting out at the fire pit. I walk into the house to grab one of the um, friends, a, a drink. I look at the calendar on the wall and I go, Oh, I'm three days late. (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny after all that today? (laughs) Wouldn't it be hilarious that I just that be funny? (laughs) The next morning, I I didn't. I didn't say anything to Ian. I didn't say anything to James and Christy. And you were so probably embarrassed at that point. I was kind of like on the inside, going, "God, did you do that?" We have a whole. I have a great relationship with the universe and it's very funny and likes to make me laugh a lot. And I was like, are are you, 
did you really do that to me? Like, that's really funny. So I got up the next morning and I did three tests before I believed it. And I woke my husband up at six and I was like, look. And he goes, what's that? I go, really? Really? You don't know what this is? It says that I'm pregnant. He goes, no way. And I was like, yeah, I'm real sorry about last night. But um, I'm thinking my hormones might be a little heightened. And perhaps that's why I was a little bit more emotional. I'm actually pregnant. And oops. I didn't mean to blame you on all that. And we're pregnant. You have to laugh at how it all happens because that journey led me to a place that now our 10 year old son is the most amazing human being I know. And he is very intentional and very summoned in love and spirit. And it has allowed my husband and I to expand in ways that I could never possibly have imagined before. And you know, all of those things happen so that as things have come up in Silas's life, I can always go back and go, yeah, okay, Kelly, don't overreact yet. Remember, <laughs> remember what happened with the whole pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> and pause. And the pause was a good thing for me to learn, right? The pause yeah. is powerful yeah. as a woman, as a, as an influencer of any kind in your family. Yeah. The pause is powerful because we often know things before we should know them for we don't know why, before there's any reason to know them, but we know them because we are powerful human beings that have intuition that's a little more tuned in than the other species of the masculine species. They have other special powers and, and, and I think they really help us hone in ours. Like I always, cause I'll counsel couples and I see women spiraling and the men not knowing what to do. And so like the story that you told, it's like, it's Ian, right? Ian pulled you I, in, but I, yeah. yeah, he pulled you in, even yeah. though he knew it was irrational, he still pulled you in and provided you with support. And then it, that experience allowed to teach you the pause that like, okay, cause now I'm, I'm the same. I have to, before I'm going to freak out on him. I'm like, okay, why I have to have an internal dialogue with myself. It's like, why am I really upset here? Like, what am I really upset about? Because it usually has nothing to do with him. It's that he's the closest person that is, you know, can take my spewing. But I find that when women are so heightened in this space and the infertility space, and they feel like the clock is running out of, they're running out of time, they're spiraling out of control of the anxiety, and the men are just standing by. And I literally have to be like, don't let her do that. Like you spend the most time with her, don't let her do that. And I don't know if it's training in a society where now it's like, well, women run the world. And it's like, run the world, but we still need the other side. You know, we still need the other side to pull us in and almost giving the masculine energy that, hey, she needs you. That's why she's spiraling. (laughs) You put your foot down and say, hey, you're spiraling. What can I do for you? What do you need so I can bring you back down and make this a learning opportunity? Anchor you. Anchor, yeah, yeah. anchor. Yeah, and 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 I I find my my man is my anchor. He anchors me even though I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm really mad at him now. It's him for sure. (laughs) And Jane, that that I couldn't agree with you more. And I I really- Like the doctors, I also give a lot of credit to the men because they've gotten a bad rap. And as women have, as divinity, as femininity, whether it's in a masculine body or a feminine body, divinity as it has 
finally started to have the light shined on it, that this is the power source. Yeah. We've given the masculine side of us, the mammal side of us, a little grief and the men who are embodying the majority of that, we've given them a hard time. And honestly, I feel bad. I, I don't say why I feel bad. I give them. I think we need to bring the energy back. I think we I want to set the, yeah, right? it's, it's a yin yang, right? We need yes. both. You can't have light without dark. You get it. But how do men feel empowered in this day and age? Because women don't need them anymore. We are not in a hunter gatherer experience. We are independent, wise women that can do it all. But do we want? <laughs> exactly. Do we want, we want to? to? And do we have to? Or can we learn how to lean on our partner and let them support us in ways that we? need and want like we could do it alone or we could do it with our tribe of women but why not let our man feel empowered and masculine in the fact that they can hold space for us in a way that nobody else can because they are the one that we love and the one that we've chosen and instead of giving them a hard time because we do love them and they will take it we should perhaps honor their source of power of that anchor that, yeah, maybe they aren't the decision maker in the household anymore and the money maker in the household anymore, whatever the case may be, but they still honor a huge place that we cannot do this alone. And nor do we want to, because I don't know about you ladies, but communicating with my husband is one of the best parts of my day. Uh, you know, in a very specific physical way, that's like one of my biggest joys in my life is, yeah, like I give, I'm not a doctor, but I prescribe sex all the time. I'm like, you <laughs> yeah. women are not having enough sex. And you men, I can tell you right now, you want to get your woman hot and bothered, tell her to take your pants off and you'll do your thing. Women, yeah. <laughs> all you need to turn your man on is show him your wrist. And he's like, yeah. oh, I'm so hot and let's go. Right. So utilize that skill set. Re- sure. It's maybe more difficult for us to get out of our out of our mental heads. Well, yep, uh, sure. I feel away from getting your body. head real easy. Let your man try to get you in your body in a real physical way, and it'll help you get out of your head. And they really like doing that. So stop not loving yourself and not allowing yourself to be loved by allowing them to get you in your body and start to enjoy that communion, that intimacy. So it's not just about, and now you better, you know, take it all the way because we're trying to have a baby. Yeah, when like you said, do you have it all or do we want to have it all? I think if we have it all, there's still a cost, you know, and the cost is usually you're depleted, you're tired, like there's your health or something, right? There's always a cost and like that yin and yang balance. Like I said, it's nice. The women run the world if you want to, but Joe Rogan had this on his special where he was, and I loved what he said. He's like, you make babies. What, like, what more could you, you make every human in this world, what more could you possibly want? And I agree. And I'm not the mom that's stay at home, home mom, and only wants to have children. I never was, and I don't think I ever will be. But I also really, like, I appreciate that role, and I value that role. And I do want to be successful in my business, in my career, and all that, you know, and help people and impact but I need to do it in a way that creates balance, right? And I need him to help me, to anchor me. So Listen, then- I have a very non-traditional relationship with a 65-year-old man. We run a business gallery. He's a practitioner yeah. as well. Yeah. 
He gets up every morning, and makes my son's breakfast. He does the majority of the shopping. He makes his lunch. He takes him to school. He picks him up from school. He's home every day when he gets home from school. Then they spend time together. Then he makes dinner. Oftentimes he does the majority of the dishes. He's doing the laundry home today. He's packing for our trip to go yeah. to South Carolina for the next week. Did you hear any mom skills in there? You know, it gives me the hardest time about that stuff. My son, he's like, mom, <laughs> you don't take care of me enough. And I'm like, I turned the, I told you to go take a shower. He's like, but you didn't take, you didn't like turn the shower on. Oh, dad will warm the towels for him and stand outside of the shower waiting for him with a warm yeah, towel. I'm like, sure. that is not yeah. your mom. Yeah. Mommy yeah, yeah. is not going to do that. But you guys want to do that for each other, go right ahead. But trust, I keep saying to us, trust me, you are much happier that daddy takes care of you because you get a lot more coddling from daddy than you would ever get from mom. Because yeah. I was mom, honest to God, you ladies, I was the mom that was like, I'm just done breastfeeding you. What more do you want from me? I'm done. I did my job. I, I grew you. I birthed you. I breastfed you. Figure it out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. What I, more do you I love it. you. I'll create a home for you that you feel safe in. And I will make sure you have access to my love and food and water outside of that, figure out how to take care of your body. Cause <laughs> I do not want to take care of you for the rest of my life. I have just figured out how to take care of this. And I'm really good at taking care of this. And I teach other humans how to take care of their bodies. I am not interested in creating another independent. I mean, another dependent person mm -hmm. on women in my life. Thanks so much for playing. Yeah. <laughs> I want to create independent individuals. And so my son gives me the hardest time of anybody about my lack of mommy. Yeah. But, and that has created a lot of conflict in my life internally because I felt it in those first four, the guilt. No. Can't you just stay home with me? I'm sick. Can't you do this? Can't you do that? And I'm like, you're okay. Dad's here. And it has played on my heartstrings because there's a lot of programming in there from society, from whatever that I'm like, yeah, you are being a bad mom, but you know what I've learned in 10 years now, I'm the best mom because I show my child how much I love him and that the most important person in my life is me and secondarily the people in my life. And I want that for him. So I teach him the same. And I teach him that having an obsession and a passion for life and going out and making things happen is what it is about. Yes, I'm a being for sure, but I'm a being that's here to do stuff. If I just wanted to be, I would have never come here. I would have just stayed there. I, but I don't want to do that. I wanted to experience all of life. So my goal is to live 160, to see all the wonders of the world, see all the terror, dive down as deep as I can to the ocean, fly as high as I can up into the ethers, and be with as many friends laughing and having fun through all that as possible. And if it's tragedy that hits, I'm okay experiencing that too, because the rainbow of life is just that. Yep. And that is why I'm a good mom, because I am leading by example, not and necessarily just caretaking and codependency, which is unfortunately what a lot of momming has been associated with. And I invite you to change that and let go, which is what lymph is about. Lymph is about letting go. Yes. But it's more importantly, and I, I'm going to end with this, I think, to say that lymph is about stepping into who you really are.
It's letting go of the filters, of the thoughts you thought, of the things that you were exposed to, because all we are is the things we're exposed to, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And deciding who you really want to be, we all know we have the capacity to do that, right? So what we first have to do is let go of who we were told, who we thought, who we created that ate bad food that didn't care about the stuff they were putting on the skin, blah, 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 into the person that I know I am, which is a sovereign being that is here to live this beautiful life and experience all that life has to offer. And I'm willing to step into that leadership role as uncomfortable as it may be to be yeah. the leader of my family, to show my family what balance really is. And I am treaching waters that nobody's ever treached before. And I'm okay with that because I can lead us through this, through my heart, because I know where to go. <laughs> I love you, Kelly. That was so amazing. Thank you for being here. We're going to throw, that is that the only way we need to finish this. Um, I'm going to get some links from you and make sure people know and have access. And I will actually post this in my program because I think it'd be really important that people hear this and get the device that is so important to learn how to use it. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly, so much for being here. Thank you, Jane. And thank you all for listening, your attention. And I, I send you off with my attention focus that you really heard in your heart today and felt your authority within and know that you have this and know that you are the best guidance you have and that you have incredible guidance with Jane and that I'm here as well. We're all here. Your tribe is here. Life is here to support you, to have all of your dreams come easily, gently, and comfortably to you in live form. Let's stop dreaming at night and start living our dreams. And so it is. Thank you. We're going to finish off with that. Thank you.